Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Life After G. Chris. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about elder care helpful hints. Recently, in the last couple of months, I've gotten a lot of questions from friends and family members in regards to thinking about elder care. I'm in that kind of generation to where I have friends that are caring for, you know, their own children and also beginning to think about or already in the process of caring for their parents. Fortunately and unfortunately, you know, I went through this, uh, as you well know, with my parents. Fortunately, I didn't have children at the time and I didn't have to decide on caring for my parents and or my children at the same time. So I believe that myself and my wife, we were very fortunate in that regards. So here are some steps and here are some you know tips for you know elder care and kind of the preparation phase. I will always recommend preparing in advance. I would not wing this. And preparing in advance encompasses a lot of steps and we'll get through you know some of those things as we get through uh, this episode. Very important, you as an individual, when you're caring for anyone, whether it's your parents or even with your children, it's important to know your limits. I'm going to give you a very specific example of knowing my limits and, you know, heightened time of stress with my father. So there was an episode in regards to my father having a cardiac event. I was caring for my mother at the same time. My father after we got him kind of settled and he went to the hospital and actually my mother was being cared for instead of going to the hospital uh, again and going to you know work with my mother i decided to go to the gym i had hit my limit for what i could deal with at that given time and i believe in being a little bit selfish because you know your limits and ultimately how you're going to respond. I needed to go to the gym to gather my thoughts so I could deal with the next phase. And at that point, I received a lot of criticism for my decision, but I knew it was in everybody's best interest because I was the one that was handling the situation. So the point of that is just knowing your limits. Also knowing the location of pertinent documents. So in the preparation phase with my folks, I knew where they had pertinent documents housing documents, financial documents, uh, anything, you know, related things that you're going to need. And here's some good steps to remember when you're having conversations or preparing for, you know, elder care, you know, with your folks or with anyone. So specifically with your parents, be mindful of their dignity. Your parents are a lot older than you. They've had a lot of life wisdom and life circumstance. And they probably know a lot more than you. So I would maintain their dignity. I would also be patient. It's easier to say that than it is to actually act on patience, but be patient. 
this is a very slow process and it develops and there's a lot of winding turns and things change on a moment's notice. So you also have to be nimble as well. I would also watch for warning signs, early warning signs. And I'm going to give you another example. My mother was starting to say some crazy things like my parents were going to be getting divorced after 40 years and I was an adult. And I mean, that was the furthest thing through my mind. And I was like, you guys are not getting divorced. You've been through so much in your lives. The other things that she was beginning to do, she was starting to sleepwalk. And my father, who was probably the most patient person I knew on the planet, was starting to show signs of impatience. And um, he was losing, you know, his patience with my mother. And those are some early warning signs that I saw early on in the process. And then also be very aware of people in your parents' lives. And I say this, my mother went through several caregivers and there was one caregiver in particular. She was stealing my mother's jewelry. My mother had, as you can imagine, they were, my parents were married for 40 years and my mother accumulated jewelry over that time period and her jewelry started to show up missing. We found out that this caregiver was stealing my mother's jewelry. Luckily, she didn't have access to high-end pieces, but she was stealing. And then also, in regards to that particular caregiver, she would take my mother you know, on either errands, or she would take her to go to a restaurant, or you know, maybe shopping, or something of that nature. And folks that saw this lady interact with my mother said that there was questionable things that they saw going on. Like she was speaking to my mother negatively. She was speaking to my mother like a little child. She was belittling my mother. And so I had to get involved and, you know, let my, my father know what was going on. And uh, we let that individual go. And then also I would say, be subtle. Your parents most likely have taught you about managing finances and you want to be subtle. You want, again, you want to maintain their dignity. In many instances, they have a 20, 30, 40 year jump on you in regards to managing finances. The hardest thing that I had to do was strike up a conversation with my father about moving him out of his home. And imagine how I felt going through that conversation. All these things ran through my mind about my father and my mother built this house and I can no longer afford him to be in this home. And how are we going to you know, work that out? And so you can strike up a conversation any number of ways. It's always not going to be easy. I can say that. And some of the things that you could say is, you know, I've noticed that you're forgetting things or I just want to really help you through this process. I want to be as involved as possible. I would also say plan a strategy together. And it helps everybody's buy-in in regards to the strategy and the planning phase. And then again, I'm going to highlight this, recognize everyone's limits. So I told you about how I recognize my limits and how I deal with things, good, bad, or indifferent, but I have the ability to recognize my limits and separate myself from situations. The other thing is if you have siblings, work with your siblings. My brother and I did not work well together. We have since learned the reasons why. And also I've located in that same vein, I've located two guides, which are located on my website, which is associated with today's podcast. They're guides to help you and your siblings 
you know, work together. One of them is called the sibling, sibling rivalry guide. And then the other guide is simply called steps for siblings to get along. So they will help you out greatly. And then you also want to make sure that everyone knows the plan. Very important. Everyone knows the plan. If somebody doesn't know the plan, then it's hard to have expectations of that individual or individuals if they don't know what they're supposed to do, what their what their roles are. Also, I would make sure that a power of attorney is prepared. Worst thing that you could have happen is you need to make some decisions on behalf of your parents and you don't have the ability to do that. So I had a power of attorney drafted for my mother and I had to utilize that on several different occasions. And I want to be clear in regards to a power of attorney doesn't, you don't assume liability as a power of attorney. You are simply acting as that individual and making decisions on their behalf. And I would also advise you to seek legal counsel if you have any questions and a power of attorney does not extend beyond someone's passing. And then you also want to keep yourself from being legally obligated for your parents. And I'm going to give you some things that I did to keep myself from being legally obligated. So again, I was their power of attorney. I didn't sign as legally or financially responsible. The nursing home that my mother went into wanted me to be financially obligated for her finances. And I said, no, I am not. I am simply acting as her power of attorney. And you can imagine at $5,000 a month, my mother was in a nursing home for three months, that uh, they wanted me to fork out $15,000. And I said, no way. I, I don't have the ability to do that. And I'm not signing on as a financially obligated. So a lot of people make that mistake. You know, they're in a heightened sense of stress. And, you know, they want to, you know, get things done as quickly as possible. One of the other hard things to do in a heightened sense of stress is to be able to read through the fine lines. I was able to read the contracts and feel very comfortable in regards to what I was doing. And if you need help with that, I would say um, have a friend or a family member or your attorney, you know, read the contract on your behalf. And then don't be afraid to ask for help. Many folks don't know how to accept help or you know, how to solicit help. It's okay to ask or to direct people. And many people will be asking you at different points, is there something I can help you out with, you know, or is there anything that I can do? And my advice would be to say yes and figure out what somebody else can help you do. Whether it's something as simple as somebody running an errand for you or going to the grocery store, you know, for your folks or something like that. So, I hope those hints helped you out. And again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, feel free to share this podcast with any friends, family members, or any colleagues. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life after grief fp that is life after grief fp the fp is for financial planning.com if you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game head on over to life after grief consulting.com that is life after grief consulting.com any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section and as always, 
please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode.